Hey Dennis, this is your neighbor, Dan, AI6XG. Continue to enjoy the podcast. Glad you're keeping them going. And I like the last one about the radio broadcast in the 1900s. In fact, I'm old enough to vividly remember the lunar landing as well as the descent of Neil Armstrong onto the surface of the moon. So, as Bob Hope would say, thanks for the memories. And 73. I can hear my Yorkie. I don't know if you can hear him. No, I can't. I just thought, why the smoking ape as your your title? So I will ask that during the interview as well. And you can Yeah, well that's cool. I mean, I, and I'm fine to, I'm fine talking about it, but it's just a, a nickname that came around. You know, I, I started smoking cigars when um I was in high school. And mm-hmm. I and I can go into more detail in the in the in the video, but okay. so I've all, I've always <laughs> smoked them and it's just kind of um a nickname that stuck with me for a long time. I mean there's plenty of people who know me as a person who are always like, Hey, hey, what's up? You know, um, that kind of stuff. So it's not, it's, it's not just a, a YouTube thing. Hello and welcome to Hamden Thoughts a podcast about ham radio, tinkering, and the hams behind the operation. I'm your host, Dennis, call sign AD6DM. In today's episode, I have the honor of talking with The Smoking Ape, a YouTuber who releases many helpful videos about many different aspects of ham radio, building, prepping, and EDC. The Smoking Ape has been around for years, and while he says he posts videos, that are mostly of interest to him, we find that they're interesting to many of us viewers as well. Thank you for joining us on episode number 24. Stay tuned. How's it going, Ape? Thanks for taking the time to be with us on the podcast today. How you doing? I'm doing well, Dennis. Um, thanks for the opportunity to share the platform with you. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, pretty excited. A little bit nervous. I've never never done one of these before, but uh, oh, really? I do live stream a lot, so it's just kind of weird that uh, something like this would make you a little nervous. Well, I'll tell you, I'm a, a billion percent more nervous about live streaming, especially build live streams, which I think you've done before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you expect something terrible to happen, like, you know, get burned by a soldering iron or something like that. And, yeah. You know, yeah. That's so never know what's going to happen. How's it going over there in your neck of the woods? It's going, uh, you know, just getting ready for the, the holidays. Um, we do celebrate Christmas here and, um, you know, with, uh, with all the lockdowns and social distancing and stuff like that, we're doing all the, all the shopping online. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, kind of funny because the, you know, the FedEx guy or the, or the, the mail person will get here and everybody's like, don't, don't, don't go outside. You know, don't, don't look at those packages. Um, a couple of times I've ordered <laughs> stuff for my wife. And when it's gotten here, it, it was in the product package oh. uh, with just a shipping label on it. And so 
It's like, she's Oops. like, oh, can I have this now? And I'm like, yeah, you can have it now, but you can't use it till Christmas. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Similar for me. I think my main gift was just the box that it comes in. So I already know, but I, yeah. yeah, it's just sitting there in the living room right now. <laughs> Well, I'm like, just don't buy me anything. I've already got more junk than I need. Um, what I want for Christmas is peace and quiet. If we can accommodate. If only. Right. My Christmas gift would be, uh, sleeping in till noon. (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) Keep, keep the dog quiet. Keep the kids quiet. Well, uh, let me start off by asking you, you're, you're, you go by the smoking ape and we're purposely not getting into personal details like your main QTH and your actual name and your actual call sign. Uh, you have this persona that you started out with. And so I wanted to ask, why is it the smoking ape? What, what's the, what's the story behind that? Well, it's funny because, um, the name really comes from, uh, like a combination of nicknames that, uh, started when I was really young. So, uh, when I was in high school, um, my buddy, uh, you know, went into like a convenience shop and he came out with a box of cigars, like a five pack of like Phillies or something like that backwoods. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hey, we're going to be like the 18. We're going to smoke these cigars on Friday night at the party and it'll be cool. And, and, uh, I just started smoking cigars and, um, it's just been a nickname that really has, has stuck around. Uh, when I did the, created the channel and back in like, uh, 2009, I think is when I created it. Um, <clears throat> I just used it and, and, um, you know, lots of people in my personal life, uh, just call me ape, uh, or Hey, say smoking. And, um, it's just been something that's always stuck with me. Uh, my channel was not ham related for a long time. Uh, and it's mostly ham related now because that's really where my interest in hobby lies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so people would say, Hey, ape, you really should change the name of your channel to ham radio online or, you know, ham radio is fantastic, you know, and the, and, and the, and the views will, the views will pour in, it'll be crazy, you know, and, um, ham radio is fantastic. I just can't see it, but yeah, I guess. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, maybe I'm missing something there, but, um, I, I, like I said, I'm the smoking ape, tons of people, um, know that what, what's funny is that, um, once COVID, uh, really started to lock things down. Uh, it was in March, uh, a guy I know at work, um, he works in another state, but we talk all the time. He's like, Hey, can I ask you a question? Uh, I'm like, yeah, sure. And he goes, are, are you, are you the smoking ape? <laughs> and I was like, no, I never heard. What are you talking about? I never heard of it. Obviously I came clean, but, um, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's just, yeah, it's just kind of, just kind of fun. He was, uh, he, he ran out and bought a bunch of Balfangs and, uh, was watching videos and, uh, somehow I came up in his feed. Mm-hmm. So he, he couldn't tell, obviously, I mean, you're all over those videos. I know a lot of people who do YouTube videos and they just show the product. They, they're always voiceovers yeah, well, and they never really show themselves, but you're, you're front and center in all of your videos. Uh, well, I am now, but, uh, I wasn't. So it was rare that I would make an appearance in a, in a video because I just, I, you know, I try to be a humble person. Like that's one of the lessons my dad, you know, tried to, one of the values he tried to instill in me when I was younger and uh, it's taken a long time. But um, when I would first do videos, I was like, I'm doing a product video. I'm not doing an ape video and uh, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be in it. uh, And I wasn't for a long time. Um, And then the more, when I would do videos, if I, if I did show up or something like that, you know, people would would make a big deal about it. And um, when I joined up with uh, 
the YouTubers bunch, which is, you know, fantastic group of creators. Um, you know, they were like, Hey, you know, do you want to be on, uh, one of the live streams that we're doing, uh, or one of the videos that we're doing, um, you know, and I had to sit there and and that's really when I was like, ah, yeah, I'll, I'll, let me invest in some more equipment and, and, uh, and stuff like that. And, um, so then I just started being making regular appearances in the videos. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't always the case. Mm, okay. So let's go to just about your background. Tell us about yourself, you know, sure. how you got into ham radio, what interests you and how you got the channel started even. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm a dad, I'm married. I've been, <laughs> been married for a long time. Uh, have, have, uh, two kids. Um, and that's really, you know, my main focus and it should be for anybody who's in a position, um, in life. I work in, uh, it and I've been in it for about 25 years. Um, and I've done all kinds of things, uh, mostly in infrastructure and operations, uh, worked as a programmer, worked as a DBA, um, ran large networking teams. And mostly what I do now is I run a global support organization. Um, and, I've always, when I was younger, really liked technology. I'm kind of like, I could take it or leave it now, to be honest with you. (laughs) Um, But uh, I started the channel because I was watching YouTube videos uh, and there was things that I liked. Like I was watching videos about uh, EDC. You mentioned that in the beginning, like just, you know, people carrying gadgets around like multi-tools or knives and stuff like that, um, like pocket knives. And, uh, you know, I've always liked flashlights. So I would buy one and I'd be like, hey, I'm going to make a video on this and I'm going to. I'm going to be awesome. And, uh, you know, I'd make <laughs> there's a video that humility like, there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I would make a video and I would get like 15 views or whatever. Um, but I, but I stuck with it. Uh, and then, you know, probably right as the channel was coming out, a lot of the guys that I hang out with, we've always been, um, like outdoors type, like we would do camping trips a couple times a year and like go camp, hammock camping and stuff like that. Um, and just do a lot of outdoor type type things. And then it just started to become like a, Hey, I just got this uh, backpack or I got this, you know, uh, tactical pouch or I got these flashlights and we just started being more prepper focused for whatever reason. Um, you know, we weren't like an EMPs coming next Tuesday or, you know, we weren't like a, 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 a plague from far off lands is going to shut down the country. You know, we we didn't <laughs> you know think yeah. any of that stuff was coming around or happening, but so we just started doing some of that prepping stuff, which really heavily influenced the channel. Um, and one of the guys, uh, came back with this scanner, um, as a digital trunking scanner. And he's like, Hey, we can listen to police and fire and all that other stuff. Um, so I bought one and using kind of like the programming skills and computer nerd stuff that I do for work, I was able to actually get it programmed because it was actually a difficult task. <clears throat> and that turned into me programming all of them. You know, everybody was getting them and I had to set them up for everybody. And then a few weeks later, same guys like, Hey, we're, we're going to buy these Balfang radios and it's going to be awesome. And we're going to be able to talk. And, uh, we, we bought them and, you know, everybody studied for the test and we, we got licensed and <clears throat> I started programming them and, uh, some of the guys could program them. Some of them couldn't. So I, I just started programming them. What's funny is, is that was like, when I was, uh, I tell this story sometimes when I was in high school, uh, there were two kinds of radio people, like, most of the kids in my school had CBs in their cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them had ham radios. And I always say, well, the, the guys who had the CBs had better looking girls hanging around. So I went with that, <laughs> I went with that crowd. And, um, 
but I used a CB radio all throughout high school with, you know, instead of cell phone. So I just go out to my car, fire up the CB and be like, Hey, is anybody hanging out? What's going on? And you know, one of my buddies would come on and be like, yeah, we're over here. You know, come on and hang out. And <clears throat> so the idea of using radio um, wasn't a foreign concept to me, but I definitely took a long break from it before, before my buddy decided to get into the, uh, get in the Balfangs. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, I started doing videos on Balfangs. And, um, you know, then I bought some other radios and I probably got bit by the ham radio bug a lot harder than some of my other, other buddies. A couple of them installed uh, mobile rigs and stuff in their cars. But, um, you know, I was really the one that just kept going and going with it. And I really wasn't that still wasn't really what I would consider like a, a, a hardcore ham enthusiast until um, I started playing around DMR about two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really cool because I could do the Raspberry Pi Linux thing. I'd been a Linux user for a number of years and combine it with uh with ham radio and then that's really where when i really started just switching the channel almost always almost all ham focused and stuff like that so in terms of like going further and getting your general getting into hf at what point did that happen i was um i was a technician for about four years give or take like Mm -hmm. it's always amazing to me when somebody's like it was April 5th, 1973. And I walked into the FCC. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you the season, you know, mm-hmm. the month, any of that stuff. Um, but I um, was a, was a technician for about four years. And for me, that was good enough because I could talk to my buddies on the, on my mobile rig. I have, have a mobile setup in, as a base station here and I can hit tons of repeaters from my house. And that was just enough. Like I was able to get on, I was able to do things I had, I'm not just a ham radio enthusiast, but I'm a radio enthusiast. So I've got a couple shortwave radios, SDRs, scanners, like I yep. mentioned. Um, so I could kind of get whatever information I was really looking for. But then uh, I guess it was a little, little over a year and a half ago or so, I went and um, and, and got my general license. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Over that four, four or five years or whatever, I was a technician. I really had built a pretty strong um, – I guess a reasonable is the right word – skill set around, around radio. So the – the test was, you know, really simple. And, and then, um, obviously transferable skills allowed me to operate on HF with, with little difficulty. So like, while I say, Oh, it's easy to go ahead and do that. I get that. It's super intimidating to folks who maybe haven't, you know, a lot of people are like, Hey, I took my technician and two days later I took my, uh, you, you know, my general now, now, and I got an extra week after that. Um, I do think you miss part of the learning curve in that experience building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- like I'll, I'll, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll talk to people who are, who are generals and they're, they'll ask questions that I'm like, I, I know that was on the test. Like they'll, mm-hmm. they'll ask questions like I'm getting a four to one SWR. Is that, uh, is that really a bad thing or not? Mm-hmm. Like, really? You know. <laughs> I had a 17 year pause between tech and, and general. So mm. it was very much a evolution of understanding how cool radio could be and, and moving beyond just the initial stuff. The initial were HDs. you uh, were you active during that time frame? No, I, I kind of just put it away, and then just over the course of time, I realized, okay, yeah, communication is actually pretty important. It was actually a specific event with. Um, I have an uncle who lives in the British Virgin Islands, and mm. that was when the tornado hit in 2017, or not tornado, oh, wow. hurricane, yeah. and we didn't even know what was up with him for it's scary a while, and then I was like. Well, I think I'm going to get back on worldwide communications and see how that happens in ham radio and, you know, possibly 
help out in those kind of situations. So that's awesome yeah. that you got back into it. Um, you know, scary situation. Yeah. But I, I think even before I uh, was a ham, uh, a guy at work came in and he had one of those dongles, like one of those um, RTLSDR. Well, I think they're like RTU32 chipset. Mm-hmm. US, they're for, uh, I say European TV. I can't remember the exact protocol, but he brought one to work. And, um, and we set it up with uh, GQRX and, and we're able to, you know, pull down the local, you know, the local slow jam channel and, uh, you know, just listen to the radio at work. So <laughs> always had an interest in, in, um, in radio itself, but, um, it wasn't always so much hand focused. Yeah. That's a really roundabout way to listen to the radio, but yeah, <laughs> it, it is, but you know, it's you know, really interesting. You get some though. of these pocket protector guys at work and you set something up like that. Everybody's like, man, that thing is, that is really sweet. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. I would I would pause. I'd be like, Hey, what are you guys doing? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, so you do have an extensive YouTube channel that goes by this, your pseudonym, the smoking ape. And your logo is, uh, supposed to add three DB to any antenna. I know that from our conversation. Absolutely true. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great show though. And, uh, it's been on for, like you said, years. Uh, I think you're, you're, you have tens of thousands of subscribers now, and uh, why don't you tell us about your channel, how it is now? And yeah, well, well, um, th- thanks for the kind words. Like uh, at first, it was pretty bad. Like I would record everything on an old iPad. I don't even think iPads were around when I first started. I don't even remember what camera I was using. Um, and it's, it's gotten more and more sophisticated. And um, like I've got all these lights. I don't know if you you, can, you can't really tell now, obviously on a podcast, but. Um, you know, speakers and microphones and cameras everywhere. And um, a lot of that's been being part of the YouTubers bunch where you you could working with a group of creators like that. We talk all the time and just uh, the ideas and stuff that you can build up. It really helped um, mature the channel um, quickly. But, um, you know, there's, I have tons of videos. I've taken down hundreds of videos that were just so bad, uh, you know, terrible audio, terrible video quality. Mm -hmm. But um, I would just do videos on whatever I was into um, or, you know, working on at the time, you know, so if I, you know, got maybe a sleeping bag or something like that, I'd be like, Hey, check out my sleeping bag. If uh, we were going camping, we would do a video on that. Uh, If I was cooking something, I would do a video on that. So it's always been really, really varied. But, um, you know, when I started to work on the the ham radio stuff, one of the things is like, I kind of still want to, you know, set yourself apart from other folks who are doing a lot of the same thing. We do a lot of similar content on the ham radio channel. So, you know, staying unique and, um, you know, different is, is good from my perspective. So, um, I do, you know, some silly gimmicky stuff. Like I always talk about Stan. I don't know if you've heard, heard me talk about Stan or not on any of the videos, but sounds familiar. (laughs) he's just a guy that, uh, that, is not a good ham, you know, learning how to be a ham. And, you know, so I always say, Hey, I pulled a stand move or, um, you know, Stan did this thing that was really silly and let's learn a lesson from Stan or, um, you know, I talk a lot about, you know, taking a GMRS test, which is kind of silly too. You know? and, <laughs> and so like, yeah. it's funny because I'll, you know, be on a chat for a video or something like that, or in a discord and people are like, Hey man, how's the GMRS test coming along? And, um, you know, it's cool. And that, you know, I show the, you know, show me drinking Miller light and stuff like that. And 
Yeah, people will post pictures on Instagram or Twitter and tag me in them, you know, Miller Lite. And it's just, <laughs> it's just funny, you know, like it's, I, never, I never really thought that people would, would connect to me on those, on those things. But um, it's, it's been really cool. It's, it's, it's been a really rewarding thing. Yeah. But um, like I said, we're just doing ham radio videos right now um, and moving forward. I used to do a lot more product reviews with some how to stuff sprinkled in. Um, just doing more and more how to stuff. I spent the last year doing a lot of like antenna builds um, and stuff like that. I live in a dreaded HOA and, and really getting a workable antenna solution. It took me a long time to, to get something that was stealthy and worked well and took a lot of experimentation. So I've documented some of that on the channel, which has been, been uh, pretty cool. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because I noticed that I have a sample video of yours that I wanted to play for the listeners here. It's called DIY two meter ground plane antenna. And you actually, um, I don't know if you mention it, but you do show your Miller light in there. In the beginning. Oh yeah. My, <laughs> I don't even remember, but it's, it's very likely that there's a Miller light. Involved. It's, uh, I think you say something like grab a beer and then you, you show us your Miller light. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll do that. I'll do that. So let's play that real quick here. All right, folks. So in today's video, we are going to do a build of a two meter quarter wave ground plane antenna. Before we get started, I wanted to mention that down here, there's a bunch of buttons, like button, comment button, subscribe button, share button. Go ahead and click them. It'll make you happy. Let's go get started. Now you may be asking yourself, what the heck is a ground plane antenna? And uh, this website heavily influenced the design of the antenna that we're going to build in this video. Here's a calculator where I can... So here you go through and just uh, start prepping everyone on what it takes to get this going. I was mistaken. I think it was another video of yours that I saw where you just, you just pulled out the Miller Lite. But this is what I've noticed lately with your videos is that uh, there's been a lot of informative ones, a lot of projects that I want to try myself that you've been putting on there. Um, you've also been talking about various new gear. I know that when the nano VNA came out, I also went to your videos quite a bit and, t uh, because you talked about those quite a bit, but, uh, why don't you tell us where's your channel headed right now? Seems well, yeah, like that, you're um, doing a lot of these, that, uh, how to's and, and project yeah, builds. That, that, that's awesome. I really appreciate, appreciate that feedback. The, the nano VNA videos were something I was, um, excited to do because uh, when I got the nano VNA, I was like, man, this thing is com confusing. Uh, and, and I started, there's, there's tons of content out on them now, but uh, when I first made it, a lot of people were like, Hey man, this is really helpful for me. Thanks. I've watched other videos and I didn't, didn't get what I needed and I uh, really appreciate it. And that, that's one of the really um, rewarding sides um, of the hobby. And I, I, I liked doing that kind of stuff, but I don't, you know, with the two meter build, like I went to these other websites where guys were successful in building two meter ground plane antennas because I don't want to be like, Hey, I'm a, a Yoda of antennas. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just a regular guy like everybody else. And, you know, I want to build this antenna. So just doing a little bit of research and spending some time and putting it together. Um, I've got a really cool two meter antenna that, um, works really well. It was, and it only cost me about 15 bucks to build. Um, so I kind of wanted to share that experience with everybody. And, 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 you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, I don't like building antennas. I'm not into it. It's such a rewarding activity. Like 
it's frustrating and you got to have patience. Yeah. But when you, when it works, you're like, wow, I did that and it looks cool and it is cool. Um, so I want to create more of those kind of moments, um, you know, for myself, cause I like it, but also for, for viewers, cause I, I get lots of, lots of comments. Um, that two meter video we did as part of two meter night. Mm-hmm. So like with a lot of, um, the YouTube creators out there, like everybody's like, Oh, the pinnacle of ham radio is HF DX, you know, contesting and, you know, all these long range things. And, and it's easy to lose sight of technicians who are coming in or new to the hobby and they want to learn about what they can do. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, with the, with the group, I just said, Hey, look, let's do two meter night. And, um, the only rule is, is you have to have two meter content. It's gotta be awesome. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we all, we all, we, you know, we do that once a month. I think in January, we're actually doing two, uh, theme nights where you'll get different takes on different things. But, um, yeah, but, you I know, that's the, that that's the plan is, is to do more. I want to do things that are more approachable to new hams tech, you know, technicians and then, uh, new, new generals. Yeah. That two meter night, uh, it was your ground plane and, you know, having to bend each of those those elements the right way to get the the best SWR and all that. And then I think yeah. Adam did his, uh, one of his Yaggies was that I think he did. Yeah. Um, no, Adam talked about, uh, HT antennas. And oh yeah. Then, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. Kate MRD did a, uh, roll of J pole. Yeah. Um, there's another guy, life of terminal velocity. He actually built a ground plane antenna too. Yeah. Um, but just the way our, you know, our approaches were, were, were um, that's really cool different. though. And it's easy because I even got a comment like that. Uh, it was just a random email that someone sent me and said, very interesting topics, but you guys talk in a lot of acronyms and it's like you have your own language. And I, I, I started out this podcast trying not to do that, trying to explain everything when I'd say, yeah, you had a QSO, which means, you know, a conversation on the radio or stuff like that. But then it's very easy to fall into the, the jargon and all the kind of inner speak that we have as hams and forget yeah, for sure. those who are, are just discovering what you're putting out there and, and not understanding half of what we're saying. So it's a good reminder. And the, the two meter series was, was really good for that. Yeah. It, um, you make a fantastic point. Cause I'll, I'll notice that when I watch uh, somebody's video and they're talking about things and they're, they're, they're definitely speaking like they're speaking to a peer. And I think in most cases, the bulk of the views are not coming from peers. They're, they're coming from people who are wanting to learn or, or, you know, be part of the excitement of ham radio. So, I, you know, I, I try to take that approach. I know I fall victim to it. You know, I'm just a person and, and uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm guilty there. But I also want to make videos that build. <clears throat> so a lot of times, like I'll refer back to like the Nano VNA series of videos that I did because mm-hmm. I use that as a tool to, um, to do the work when the antennas that I do yeah, and I'll say, Hey, ch- make sure you check those out. And I'm not saying that to so much to get views, but really, um, the nano VNA can be in a very intimidating piece of equipment, but for 40 bucks, you can really do a lot of good work with it. Um, you just need to know how to use it. And, and, um, that's not, uh, the easiest thing to figure out on your own. Yeah, definitely. And DMR as well. Very difficult to, to jump into. Yeah. Um, you know, it's weird because I had messed with uh, digital trunking scanners. I mentioned that earlier. Um, mm-hmm. 
so when I got a DMR radio, I mean, I got it out of the box and I programmed it and I was, it was working on, on uh, the first day. The um, thing that I'll, that I'll say about it though, is, is that you have to buy a good DMR radio when, when people buy like more compromise and this goes right to what you're saying. Like people like, Oh, buy the GD 77, download the hackable firmware, install that firmware. All of a sudden it becomes something that you need to have a huge skill set or transferable skill set. You need to have cables. You need to have all the stuff to make it happen. And then you know people get super discouraged. So, so for yeah. DMR stuff, I'm always like, you, you know, buy one of the Anytones or the BTEC DMR 6 inch two, X2, which is an Anytone radio. Um, they're super easy to use, super easy to program. You don't need a computer to change uh, talk groups and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, because it's easy for people to get lost in the sauce. So, yeah. you know. Uh, you, you're actually describing my, my first experience with DMR. I got the GD77, exactly. And sure. struggled through that for like a day and a half. And finally got it working with my hotspot. I ended up uh, going D-Star. And so I went, I, I sent it to another ham who wanted to get into digital. And I think to this day, it's sitting in his closet because it, it's just too big of a ramp. There's there's too yeah. much to it. <laughs> and, I, and I never really quite understood why, you know, folks recommend those for beginners. People are like, oh, this is the best beginner DMR radio you could get in a GD7, whatever it is, a TYT. Yeah. Um, I, I stayed away from digital until Redivis or Retivis, I don't know how you say it, um, put out the Islands HD1. <clears throat> and I was like, I'm going to buy that radio and I'm going to be a DMR uh, awesome person. And I started to read about it and, and I saw it had problems. So that's why I started to investigate the Anytones. Um, I've got both of them. The HD1 is a, is a good radio. I do, I do like it, but I like the Anytones a, a lot better. And it was just an easy way for me to get in mm-hmm. um, to DMR, which really, like I said, blew up the the hobby for me where I really started to do more ham videos. I was like, I really liked doing that. And, you know, I'm going to go get, go get the general now. And um, yeah. it just was like a snowball effect. Have you seen the Alinko, which is basically a, yeah. an any tone? <laughs> it yeah, looks like exactly it, 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 like the 878. Yeah. yeah the um, any tone makes these radios and then they, they sell them to or re- rebrand them to other, other distributors or manufacturers or whatever you want to call it. But uh, I'm I'm, fam- I'm familiar with it. It's it's a it's a nice radio too. But it's gone it's gone up in price to where it's about 190 bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always tell people that you know the the Anytones do give you a larger contact ID database, you know, more mm-hmm. channels and stuff like that. Like that's I'm fine telling people to buy a Balfang for for um, FM work or, or, or um, you know um, analog, but for for digital you probably you're better off spending a little bit a little bit more money and get a lot better experience yeah like what i'll tell people is you know when you look at a 50 dollar fm radio and a 200 dollar fm radio the noticeable difference to a new ham is small but if mm-hmm. you look at you know a 75 dollar dmr uh, radio and a 200 dollar dmr radio the difference to a new ham is night and day mm, right okay. and, and so it seems like the economy of scales are different on the DMR side of the, uh, the house. Yeah. So going back to your channel, uh, do you have a favorite show? Um, yeah, I thought I was thinking about that cause I've, I've heard you ask other people that, um, that question. And I, I, I don't know if I do when, um, I was programming all those radios for my buddies, I was looking for an easy way to do it. And I, you know, I was using chirp and I, I looked for videos 
but I never saw a video that really showed the start to finish how to program a radio with Chirp and be, su be successful with it. So um, I did a video called like program your Balfang, which are you know, something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, and it's been really, really popular video to this day. It's one of my most viewed uh, videos. Um, but I get tons and tons of people who are like, thank you. This was easy for me. This helped me. Um, this is the best one I've seen, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. it really makes you feel good because I, I feel like I, you know, help somebody and, uh, you know, want to do that. So I, I'd say that <clears throat> of all the ones I have, that's probably my favorite just from, from that aspect. Um, mm -hmm. Now the worst show, it's, I make videos all the time and I'll, you know, yeah. your, your worst like, shows are probably deleted, right? Or, well, or removed. I don't know. Like I'm, <laughs> that two meter ground plane, I was just like, this is the worst. I can't, nobody is going to watch this. I'm letting everybody down. It's going to, but I, 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 for some reason I go through that process with every video that I post. Mm -hmm. Um, and that video is doing really well and I've got a lot of really good positive comments on it. Um, you know, people were telling me, Hey, that I, I watched that video and that night I was at home Depot buying the parts. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm like, well, that's great. You know, because that's exactly what I wanted to, wanted to accomplish. But mm -hmm. I guess sometimes you put a lot of pressure on yourself and, and you're just like, I don't know if this is going to do it or not. And yeah. Well, that's I'm interesting. Good. That made me think of uh, a recent episode I just did where I, I couldn't line up the schedules for an interview. Uh, and I produce this podcast every Wednesday. So I was thinking, okay, well, we're just going to skip this next Wednesday because there's you know, nothing planned. And then out of the blue, I was kind of surfing around. I was like, hey, wait a second. Old World Radio is really cool, and I haven't really talked about that. I haven't had a chance to. And so I did a quick episode on just me talking about old recordings of, of you know, world events. And I got a lot of good feedback on that one when I thought it would totally just bomb. <laughs> I thought that yeah, it was, it's, it, it's funny. You know, yeah. what, what, uh, what people will, will like and, and what they will connect to. And then, um, what, what you think is good because I, it happens to me all the time where I'm like, I'm not even going to put, I'm not even going to put this video up mm -hmm. and, uh, I'll show it to somebody and they're like, Oh dude, that's that, uh, you actually answered a question. I saw somebody asking, mm -hmm. um, and, and so put them up. I mean, I, I get that I don't have all some videos and, you know, I'm not using the best cameras or any of that kind of stuff. And my pr production value isn't on par with some of the larger channels. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm not trying to entertain anybody. You know, I'm not trying to put on a show, um, that, which is fine. I don't have any problem with people do that. I, I'm just trying to share an experience and maybe put something out that's relatable to somebody who is going through a similar, similar event. Yeah. Very helpful. Yeah. I'll try. So what are some of the things that you're currently working on in ham radio? Um, well, a couple of things. Um, I bought a, 705 after swearing that I was never going to buy one, um, <laughs> it, which is a kind of a, fun, a funny story in and of itself. Um, <clears throat> it just ended up happening to come to fruition where I, where I end up buying it. And uh, I've been playing around with that. And so I'll, I'll be having some videos um, just with my experience with 705 coming up. It is a uh, really cool. Um, it, it's got some amazing technology in it. You know, a lot of people are like it's too expensive. It does. It's not a hundred watt radio. And, Mm -hmm. I, I get all that, but I think what you, for what you buy, you, you get a lot of uh, capability. Yeah, and I, and I see it as a good value. Um, so I'm just you know messing messing with that. Uh, I'll probably build some 
you know, 20 watt capable antennas that, um, are, are, that doesn't have a tuner in it. So I'm going to build like NFED half waves and stuff like that, that, that uh, should work with it and, and be portable. I don't really do a lot of portable operation or anything like that, but, um, you know, m- maybe I will or not, but, uh, the, ne- the next big group of videos is probably going to be really around. Here's what I'm doing with the, uh, 705. And then, um, I've been messing around with it, with a TNC, um, I do a lot of work with MFJ and they sent me a TNC mm-hmm. for a raspberry Pi. It's like a pie hat that fits on there. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't even know what this is. You know what I mean? Like I've done digital, uh, like APRS and stuff like that with software based TNCs. But I was like, I don't even know. You know, I got to build a DB nine connector with it. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, I was able to get able to get it working. Um, and it's cool. I, I had a lot of fun with it, but, um, I'll probably do some videos. That's, videos that's on one that area one. that I, I, I'm actually, um, I have a packet station project and I have a, uh, KPC three plus one of the Cantronics TNCs. And also yeah, cool. I, I want to build this, uh, this, uh, TNC pie kit that, that Don KK four QAM sent me. And that exact question, I'm like, what? I got to build this DB nine connector. <laughs> this cable yeah. i actually went ended up going to handmade parts this guy he just makes cables of all different kinds and did, I said, you, did you buy you bought a, the cable you need or yes i okay, I, say, I went to I'll him and i link. said look this is the uh this is the connections to this cheap qyt i think it's 9800 two meter radio that i have uh can you make a cable for this for cantronics and he's like oh yeah i can do that and then he put one together like the next day and made me a custom shop link for it. And I bought it. And now it's part of his, his catalog of cables for, for these things. <laughs> that That's cool. Like uh, when I was getting into ham more and more people were like, Oh bro, you just need to whip up a cable. And I'm like, what are you crazy? How are you going to do that? You know? Yeah. But as you <laughs> learn to do it as, as you go, it's I mean, actually I could. not, could not as, <laughs> you know, terrifying as, yeah. as it once seemed, but I'm like, how do you get the plug on? I don't even, you know, but, uh, yeah, you know, you learn as you go. Um, so you kind of answered my next DB9, question. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, I got these DB nine connectors that you just open them up and, um, you put the wires in, you can actually screw them down to these little terminals. Ah, yes. It made it super simple. I think I've seen those. Yeah. But I, yeah, it was at a point in time I was like, ah, I don't want to make another cable. I make so many cables. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't blame you. <laughs> So yeah, I think it was twenty eight dollars, and he made it very, very professionally. I I always recommend it when when people are dealing with connectors of some kind. I say, well, check out handmade parts. He might be able to make it for you. That's an awesome tip. Yeah, I was saying that uh, you kind of answered my next question, but maybe you have a different aspect of it. Uh, what's your favorite gear right now? Probably the seventy five. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm a big Raspberry Pi fanatic i guess i've got like t- uh, i got a bunch of them sitting around here i'm using them as hot spots i use one um as a mobile um hf computer and then i run one for my um 7300 over here um for all the digital work that i do it's all on raspberry pi um so i, I really want to be you know an enthusiast of of hey get a raspberry pi 50 dollar you know single chip uh com- single board computer um, learn a little bit of Linux. It's not hard. It, it shouldn't be intimidating. And you've had this versatile piece of equipment that you can use for so many different things. Um, I really mostly just mess around with digital modes on um, HF. So it's really been uh, a, a nice thing to couple with. And um, 
you know, I, I love the 7,300 is, is my, um, my main HF rig. Uh, and that was a big decision making influence on the 705 where it was really like, if this thing can perform, uh, is simple to use and, you know, has the same design, um, um, ideas behind it is the 7300 it, it's going to be a really fun radio to, to to play around with and um so far it, it hasn't it hasn't really disappointed i've been pretty happy with it yeah it's uh it's a big deal among hams that i know the, the icom radios it seems to be standard fare for a lot of people and i get it i have a 4100 i have uh the 705 and then i have an id31a and if, if you know the menu system and how things operate, mm. it's just like, it's like when you pick up a new one, you immediately know what to do. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been really easy. And then like, um, when I was playing around with it to do the two meter stuff, I, I was able, I just turned it on, went right in, programmed, a, uh, tuned it to a frequency that I knew, uh, hit the menu button and then was able to set the offset in a few clicks. It was, it's really simple interface i did not open the user manual at all and was able to get it yeah. working that's great that's that's our yeah, favorite sure. is when <laughs> when you just open the box and start using it without even touching the manual well see i think that like that's another thing that's really intimidating um with hams get on they just start clicking and switching and twisting and um a lot of folks are like well i don't know how to use a radio i don't know how to you know, adjust my AF. I don't know how to, how to, do, to filter something out. I don't know how to set my mode. I don't even know what a mode is, right? There, there, there's a lot of that where um, I'll probably focus more on that kind of stuff um, move, moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Who are your Ham Elmers or heroes? Um, you know, I don't know if this is a cliche that sounding thing or not, but um, Dave Kassler is really uh, a positive influence i think in ham radio uh, he's not the biggest channel and i don't know if he gets the most views or not but with a lot of youtube creators and i've definitely fallen into this we'll spend a couple weeks investigating a new topic and you know we'll go in and we'll do a video on that and it becomes evident in the course of that video that you know experience isn't bleeding through um when you mm -hmm. watch dave castler it's like anybody can just ask like he does his ask dave series anybody ask him random questions and he can go on this dissertation uh, about why and how and when all these things came to fruition. Mm -hmm. um, his, his experience level is, and his kind demeanor um, is just, it's, it's, it's fantastic. I would love to have uh, somebody like that live close by that I could just go talk, talk to, to radio. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think the concept of uh, Elmer, you know, being this, uh, you know, older guy down the street that knows everything there is about ham radio is, is really a dying um, idea because ham radio is so diverse mm -hmm. that nobody is an expert on everything. And, yeah. You know, like you were talking about DMR, like somebody might be the best HF operator, fantastic con uh, contester, but be lost with a DMR radio in their hand. Yeah. And, and that's not a slight on anybody. It's just that the, you, you can't know it all. Um, you know, and, and conversely, you might have some, some kid that is whipping out, uh, you know, some kind of APRS client, uh, or, or a fox hunting device with an Arduino and, um, but they don't, they don't know how to, how to build a dipole antenna. Yeah. So I, I really think it's going to be more of a shift to community Elmering. Um, yeah. and that, that's one of the things I really, really like about being part of the YouTubers bunches is that we've got about 25 guys that have a private chat group. Um, and you can ask any question and, you know, go down this rabbit hole 
uh, with, with somebody has got some expertise in there and, and have a really, really fruitful conversation. So, you know, I, I would say that just folks need to expand their circle in, in ham radio to really learn about what you're interested in. Um, and then, and then find good resources that'll help you, you know, grow the, the right way. Like, um, I was listening to hundred Watts in a wire. Um, I don't know if you know Christian or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. he does, he does a podcast that's now on YouTube and it was around computers in, um, ham radio. And one of the things they were talking about was people used to say that I'll never have a computer in my ham shack. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that concept is crazy. I've got six, you know, in between yeah, raspberry yeah. pies and, and my desktop, it, it, it's, I couldn't imagine operating with that, without a computer. But, um, so depending upon who you look to, to, to kind of be that, that Elmer or the role model or the hero or whatever you want to call it, um, your influence and your, your path is going to greatly be altered based off of that person's perspective. Yeah. And it, you also make me think of a saying that I read recently. Uh, would you put Einstein on your basketball team? You know, and that's basically saying that there, we all have deep specialties and, you know, huge talents in certain areas. And sometimes we're trying to apply things that don't work for one, but you can't discount the value of what the person brings to the table in any case, because it's just a, all different aspects of ham radio. You have all these different expertise levels and so someone who might be really awesome at computers and Linux programming and interfacing that with radios or wireless gear, they might not get the appeal or the, um, the satisfaction from building a, an HF dipole or something like that. But at the same time, it doesn't negate the area that they're exploring. Yeah, totally agree. And then even people who are in the hobby, like when, um, you know, it's like, I'm going to put up a uh, 40 meter dipole. And I realized how big that thing has to be. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You're all you know, 60 <laughs> feet, 66 feet. It's not that big of a deal. And then yep. you cut the wire and you get out back. You're like, oh my God, you know, how, how, how's this going to work? Um, yeah. And that's kind of where you need some help, help with that. But uh, to your point, there's just so much out there that, you know, I always joke around and I always say that, you know, if you get lost in the woods, ask an antenna question and, uh, you know, three hams will show up with four different opinions and we'll be saved. <laughs> but, you know, you really need to evaluate the information that you're getting um, and, and kind of check that in, in, against multiple sources um, because there's, there's just so much opinion. Um, it, it, it's, hard, it's hard to find out what's good info and what's bad info. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh my last question is uh, anything you want to say or plug or give advice about before we close. I, I probably just gave the advice about increasing your, your circle uh, or your sphere of influence. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I would also say that, you know, in that same spirit of everybody helping the community grow, and that's, that's what we all ultimately want is, is that, you know, t- talk to somebody about ham radio, you know, take, take some, take some pictures and post them on your social media. Um, you know, do it, do a YouTube channel or go in and, and, and contribute in the comments of somebody else's. Um, you know, the hobby is really exciting and really fantastic, uh, space to be in, but, uh, it, it's going to take all of us to kind of, kind of go around that corner and, and then, uh, get, get ham to be a thriving, you know, hobby or pursuit, um, moving forward. It's, it's in a really weird spot where, um, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, I bought this radio. It's got an old USB connector. It's got DV out, doesn't have HDMI. 
Um, it's mm-hmm. not cutting edge technology. And then you, you got all these other people who are like, um, you know, I want to get back to where ham radio was awesome and people built their own equipment and, you know, talked on the air and there's really a diverging community there. And we, we just all need to be a part of it. We all need to contribute what we do best in, in order for it to grow. Yep. And anyone who goes to your channel, they'll see a wide range of things there. Definitely. <laughs> and I'll, I will put your channel in the show notes as well as your Twitter. Do you have a website as well? I do not. No. Okay. So the, got enough, got enough going on. <laughs> yeah. But I'd like to say thank you very much for, for being on the show. Any, anything uh, else you it's wanted to mention? No, no, I'm good. Thank, thanks for having me. I re- really enjoyed it. It's been a great conversation. Yeah. It's uh, I really encourage everyone check out uh, the smoking ape on YouTube and also the YouTubers bunch. He's often in the, the group zooms of that where they have discussions and banter and talking about making yep. water and, and other things. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes. Well, thanks, Ape. Yep. And uh, I'll say 7-3. Yep, 73. You've been listening to Hamdom Thoughts by 8060M. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again next time.